The show whose host wife cannot keep her hands off of him. That's right, they're usually around his neck. <laughs> this is your host, Brom French. It is great to be back with you. If you want to reach me, you can reach me at bromfrench at mail.com. That's B R A H M F R E N C H, no spaces, at mail.com. Or you can reach me by telephone. Preferably, probably text at 210-854-8029. It's not that I mind talking to you, but uh, I'm too important. <laughs> so I did get a text uh, earlier today from from an individual, a man. I, I won't share more than that about who he is with you because uh, I don't want to get him in trouble. He's already gotten himself in enough trouble. And this is the text. I asked for permission to use it. This is the text that he sent. Democrats on Benghazi say that death is a part of life. Democrats on abortion say it's a choice. Democrats on guns say if we can save only one life. <laughs> Isn't that so amazingly true? We want to save your life unless you are not been or have not been born yet. We want to save your life unless uh, we can go, you're a police officer, right? We're not interested in saving your life. <laughs> Benghazi, you know, what difference does it make? Anybody remember Hillary saying something kind of like that? We can go on down the list. And unfortunately, you know, I would love to say that it this was just a democratic problem. Unfortunately, the rest of Congress seemed to be just as ignorant including on the other side of the aisle, the side of the aisle that if I was in Congress, I probably would sit. It's unfortunate that uh, we have so so many cowards among us. And uh, the new guy that they're talking about bringing in, from what I'm hearing as, as Speaker of the House, from what I'm hearing is just as um, spineless as who's leaving. So what then good do we have? I will tell you one of the positive things I'm seeing is Ted Cruz is rising in the polls. I think that is a fantastic deal. Ted Cruz, Ben Carson still doing pretty well. And um, I, I am becoming a bigger and bigger fan of Ted Cruz. Uh, I loved him as our senator. And uh, anyway, so uh, we're hoping, I'm, I'm personally hoping that we get some support from some of these guys that have stepped aside. And, uh, well, me and, uh, the other gentleman that I was texting a little earlier today. So what else is going on? I am in Tennessee, just came from Louisiana, West Monroe, Louisiana, now in Tennessee. It's about a nine hour drive thereabouts, eight, nine hours. And I can't wait for church tomorrow. I can't wait to see what God is going to do. That's the amazing thing about living for the Lord. You just can't tell what God is up to. Even when he gives you insight, even when he comes almost right out and slaps you upside the head to tell you, look, I'm doing something, you still can't tell the beginning from the end. It's an amazing thing. You ever sit down and read the scriptures? If you ever sit down and just read the scriptures and you go back and read the same passage that you just read, and no doubt the same passage you just read, you're now reading twice, you go back and read it a third time, fifth time, 
tenth time. And you're going to find that every time you read that passage, it's going to say something different. It's the same words, but it's got a deeper meaning and a different, slightly different connotation to wherever you are in life. What an amazing God we serve. This is, for me, is one of the scary things about putting away the Bible. I was in a hotel just uh, while I was in Louisiana. A gracious pastor put me in a hotel for a couple days. I did something that I just never, never do normally. I've got my Bible with me. I got my Bible on my phone, so I don't ever bother looking to see if my friend Gideon is anywhere around. But just yesterday, I guess it was, maybe the day before, I decided, you know what I want to see is Gideon here. And so I went and opened up the drawers and started looking around. And the hotel I was staying in, Gideon has been completely removed. What a scary concept. Oh, am I saying that the Bible in hotel rooms were being read? <laughs> Let's be real. No, no, I have no doubt they were not being read, which is part of the reason why they're no longer in there. Part of the reason our nation is in the shape that it is in. I tell you what, let me take a break. When I come back, we'll go through the Bible. We're talking about Bible. We'll go through the Bible in a trillion years. Hold on just a second. Will someone shut that bat up? Are you tired of your church always asking for 10% of your income? We now are thrilled to be able to offer for the very first time 8% tithe. That's right. No more having to give 10%. Why don't you come and join us? 8% is good enough for us. And we are back, and we're about to go to the Bible in a trillion years. We are in Genesis, Genesis chapter 34. We're going to pick up at verse number 20. I believe we may be able to finish the chapter today. What an amazing accomplishment. Genesis chapter 34, verse number 20. The Bible says this, And Hamor and Shechem his son came unto the gate of their city, and communed with the men of their city, saying, These men are peaceable with us. Therefore let them dwell in the land and trade therein. For the land, behold, it's large enough for them. Let us take their daughters to us for wives. Let us give them our daughters. Only therein will the men consent unto us for to dwell with us, to be one people. If every male among us be circumcised, as they are circumcised, shall not their cattle and their substance and every beast of theirs be ours? Only let us consent unto them, and they and they will dwell with us. And unto Hamor and unto Shechem his son hearkened all that went out of the gate of his city, and every male was circumcised, all that went out of the gate of the city. And it came to pass on the third day, when they were sore, that the two sons of Jacob, Simeon and Levi, Dinah's brethren, took each man his sword and came upon the city boldly and slew all the males. And they slew Hamor and Shechem his son with the edge of the sword and took Dinah out of Shechem's house and went out. The sons of Jacob came upon the slain and spoiled the city because they had defiled their sister. They took their sheep and their oxen, their asses, 
and that which was in the city and that which was in the field and all their wealth and all their little ones and their wives took they captive and spoiled even all that was in the house. And Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, ye have troubled me to make to me and make me to stink among the inhabitants of the land, among the Canaanites and Perizzites. And I being few in number, they shall gather themselves together against me and slay me, and I shall be destroyed, I and my house. And they said, should he deal with our sister as with an harlot? <laughs> so in other words, what they're saying is a Dinah, a prostitute. I think that's a legitimate question, to be honest. If we're going to, let me, i tell you what, let me back up a little bit and we'll refresh the story. So we've got Shechem has raped Dinah. They have uh, 10 boys and uh, I guess 11 boys and they've got one girl. Jacob's got 11 boys. He's got one daughter. The last boy has not yet been born. And so now we see in this that they have moved, and where they've moved, Shechem, one of the young men, has seen Dinah, he likes Dinah, he rapes Dinah. So now he's deciding he's going to be all lovey-dovey, he's going to make up, he wants to marry Dinah, after he has already raped her. He has stolen her innocence, and now he wants to rape her. Or uh, excuse me, now he wants to marry her. And so he's going to talk nice to dad. He's going to talk nice to the brothers. And the brothers say, uh, hey, listen, we can't welcome you into the family until you've been circumcised. We've got a covenant with God. And our covenant says that uh, we can't marry outside of anybody. Can't marry anybody that's outside of the covenant. You've got to get under the covenant. You've got to be circumcised. Again, remember that the circumcision is only a sign of the covenant. It is not the covenant. It reminds me of, you know, I, I firmly believe in speaking in other tongues. But speaking in other tongues really is not the Holy Ghost. It is the sign. that It's what happened in chapter 2. It's what happened in chapter 10. It's what happened in chapter 19. It is a sign, but it is not the Holy Ghost on its own. As a matter of fact, if you don't believe me, I've seen people that were demon-possessed speaking tongues. That doesn't mean anything. And so you got to remember, in this context, what we're looking at, is these guys are going to get circumcised, but they're not under the covenant. It's just going to be for appearance. So now while they are healing from this, these two boys, Simeon and Levi, take it upon themselves to go into the city the third day. So they're still, now first of all, let me stop real quick and, and talk about these boys are bandaged up. They just had surgery. And, uh, to, to think that they convinced grown men. I understand why God set it up on the eighth day for a male to be circumcised. Thank God that when it happened on, for me, you know, I was, uh, I, I don't remember. I was a child. These are grown men that have now offered themselves to be circumcised so that they can marry the daughters of Jacob. And Jacob only has one daughter. <laughs> it makes no sense. How many daughters did the Gentiles have as compared with the Hebrews? You know, the, the Gentiles, surely they had more than one. <laughs> but that's a, I guess that's a whole nother story. And I'm finding myself trying not to chase rabbits. So Hamor and Shechem have gone and they've convinced all the people to get circumcised. They've convinced them all this is what we need to do. They said they'll be peaceable with us. And so now all the town has been circumcised, all the males, and Simeon and Levi go in 
and slay every single male. They kill every single man and then take the children, take the wives, take, and they go and tell their brothers and their brothers go and spoil the land. They take the cattle, they take everything. Now, let, let me, before it comes to an end, let me bring out one other interesting point. Simeon and Levi will be cursed for this by Jacob. When Jacob gives the blessings to his kids, Simeon and Levi will be cursed. But Levi, eventually, it's going to be a blessing, but it's going to sound like a curse. Levi's blessing will change eventually because the tribe of Levi decide to stay with Moses and stand on the Lord's side. And so God has grace. I have run out of time. I don't believe it. Thanks so much for listening. We will talk to you later. Can someone shut that man up? Never! Never!